sweet. So guys, I'm so excited, yeah, to have the amazing, fabulous, beautiful, super talented Emily Rose on my show. She is the confidence girl and success coach for creative entrepreneurs. Um, we actually met through a group that has kick-ass women. Um, I'm not going to tell you because it's a secret group and you can't even join, even if you want to. That's how cool we are. Uh, so welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah, doing awesome. So you do so many things. I have so many questions from your indie musician life to life coaching to confidence coaching, so much stuff. So um, what's like the funniest thing that's happened to you as an indie musician or a confidence coach? Oh my gosh. Well, let's see. Um, the funniest thing that's probably happened to me as a musician is uh, we're an indie, I'm an indie pop musician in the band Zigtebra. And during one of our bigger shows um, in the beginning, all of the music cut out and I was standing there singing acapella to a room full of really cool hipster people in New York City. And I felt like I was going to die and sink, sink into the ground. Because without all the reverb on my voice, without all the backing instruments, without everything, I was just suddenly singing nakedly, I felt like, to this room full of 100 people. And that was, it was awful. But it was also, you know, humility is, is pretty adorable. So whatever. I mean, I love your voice. So your, your voice sounds super hot. So I'm sure like it went well. Ah. Like, you know, some people... I think I feel like you have high standards. I'm sure they they were all like, "Oh, she was good." Oh, I hope you know I, mean? I hope so. Yeah, it's like, it's like those people who are like, "Oh my god, I failed the quiz," and they get like an A plus. You're like, "What?" You know? Um, but <laughs> yeah, we're that, always yeah. our worst critic. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, how did you get started as like um, like a confidence coach? I got started as a confidence coach because of music stuff. So, I wanted to be a creative person. I wanted to be in a band and I was dating people who were in bands. And then one time watching, you know, from the audience sipping on my drink, I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to date these people. I want to be up there. Uh, so I slowly started up, you know, where everybody starts when you realize you've got these big ambitions and what are you going to do about it? You start reading personal development stuff. You start trying to pep yourself up. You start trying to figure out how you can start to become the person who experiences that life. And I started joining theater. I started um, getting more comfortable in front of audiences. I worked as a social media person for a, an appliance company and was on live streams for them. And then finally, I got on stage uh, as a musician. And through all of it, I was learning for myself how to become confident, even when you are extremely shy, get tons of nervousness in front of other people, um, worry about judgment or how you're going to be judged by other people, and discovered like this kind of miraculous humility, sort of like what you do, like humor. Um, can be an intimate, vulnerable thing because you are eschewing all of the supposed uh, trappings that everyone and all the barriers everyone tries to put up about around who they are. And you're a little bit more authentic and you're a little bit more irreverent. And it's disarming because, you know, we're all just 
figuring this out. We're all flying on a ball floating in a gassy universe and it's weird and crazy and we're doing our best. So being less fake about it, being more authentic helped me become more confident and, and show up to my creative passions. And then doing all the personal development stuff for so long, I was like, yo, I just want this to be my job. I want to help other people with their big, weird, creative things, get the guts to start doing it, become remarkable at it and be on stage or be uh, ever doing their thing and being authentic about it, being vulnerable and real instead of, you know, BSing everything with fake that same glitter font that every other coach has and all this, this fake trappings of stuff and just be real. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so what are the types of people that you work with? All kinds of creative entrepreneurs. So that includes artists and that includes people doing service-based stuff like coaches, consultants, people who probably feel more similar to me, a little bit of an outlier and appreciate my, how candid and authentic I am and uh, kind of not into the typical blonde babe and heels with her feminine millions sprinkling on her kind of thing. I see. So you also were like touring. So like, can you tell me what that's like? Cause I feel like I was such a nerd growing up. Like I, I dreamed to do that, but I was never cool enough. So like, how would you describe like touring? Touring is, it's, so I, um, it's awesome. I grew up and my hero was Indiana Jones and I loved how he adventured around and I always wanted to do that. So, um, as soon as I started a band, I booked us a tour, even though I didn't really know how, and I barely could play. And we just went out there in a car, um, and played in random places and meet random people. And it's awesome because you play night after night. So I showed up to my insecurities night after night. And um, it's cool. You see, I've seen all of America multiple times driving around. And I've also had super glamorous feeling moments. Well, not rock and roll is not super glamorous. It's very fun, but it's, it's also hard. You know, you're like, squeezing in a laundromat date and then grabbing subway lunch and then driving to the show and packing all of your gear into a side room that's full of punks and like, uh, I don't know, kind of like grimy stage sides and stuff. But the experience of being on stage is really fun. And it feels, it makes you feel cool to be there and be in the band. That's kind of neat. But, um, it's also really hard. It's a lot of, it has, you have to be really disciplined about your day. Like you wake up, you have to eat, you've got to work on marketing for the show kind of, or just like reminding your friends in New York that you're playing there tonight. And then you've got to drive a couple hours to the next show every day. It's crazy. Yeah. Very, very different kind of lifestyle. It's kind of, it's almost like, I feel like musicians are entrepreneurs really. It's just in a different art form um so you talked a little bit about dating musicians so like what is it actually like dating a musician dude for for all of us because we're super curious because i think my time has passed to date john mayer so like i just live vicariously through you what was what was what's that like okay well you never know also about john mayer but let's see i don't want to get paid on you know, that's what I heard about him. Like, he pees on the girls that he dates. Oh! You didn't hear it here. You didn't hear it here. Okay. 
Well, no judgment. Hey, I'm, you know, I've had all kinds of wild friends into wild stuff and, you know, it's cool. Um, okay. What it anyway. is. Sorry, Carmen. <laughs> um, I love you. Uh, don't uh, um. <laughs> yeah. So hmm, dating musicians is, it depends. It depends if they're full of themselves. It's no fun because they're all about themselves and they're trying and they're you know suffering art form or whatever and i've seen some of that and i'm just not about it so that was a dump scenario but the good ones um are kind of creative and a little bit more sensitive i appreciate that or like um but sensitive in like a cool way like uh you know because i feel like um if they can write a song they can maybe write a song that has a little piece of you in it and that's really cute uh but the um I kind of like the the macho-ness. Uh, yeah, I kind of like that a little bit. It's kind of funny as long as they're nice and respectful and do stuff for me. Oh, I love the combination of pretty macho, but also going to get me stuff if I ask for it. Yeah, that's the best. Nice. Awesome. And um, so now that you're like coaching right now, like what do you think is like the biggest transition from musician to coach? Well, actually, I still do both. Um, so I have to be really, oh, okay. Sorry. no worries. It's all cool. It's, um, I'm just really disciplined about splitting my day and it's really weird because I was never a good calendar scheduler, but now I have to be because I have, my life is two passions, hardcore in the morning from like six to a, a noon, I'm working on life or my success coaching stuff. And then mm -hmm. From noon to three, I'm working on music and then a little bit more at night when I have band practice. That's the only way I can achieve as much as I want to constantly is if I'm constantly working on it and being really good at saying no to lots of extra fun stuff just because I'm so intensely, passionately ob obsessed with both of these things. Nice. Awesome. So like, what are some of like the success stories that your clients have had? Um, let's see. My favorite success story from a client is one of my clients is a female musician and they wanted to get, they're more successful of a band than I am. So I love working with people who are uh, even beyond me. Cause I think of myself as I'm a part of your team. I'm not someone who's below where I am. I do things for people who are beyond me, who still need what I can do, which is, um, get them even more clear about their goal, get them um, believing that it's possible, getting clear on what they need to do, healing the old stuff that was making them feel unworthy of it, and dreaming bigger. So I worked with someone way more famous than my band who wasn't yet going the late night circuit route. They'd like toured in Europe and Japan and stuff, but hadn't been in a late night show. And then with me, they they finally, I was like, okay, tell me the secret dreams. Let's make something huge happen. Not just something kind of good, like growing your Instagram. What would make, what would be a game changer? And they were like, oh, being on late night TV. So we, you know, we went a little woo woo with it, like envisioning it, claiming it, all that stuff, being worthy of it. And then getting really specific on actions and, and the roadmap to getting there. And then, you know what, a few months later, Carson Daly. They were on 
Carson Daly, and I, I haven't even ever been on a late night TV show, but you can help. It's cool. Coaching is cool because you can help people do things you haven't done yet just because you are part of their team of like making awesome shit happen together. It's, it's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Congrats to your client. That's amazing. Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. So um, what surprised you about like uh, the industries? Like what surprised you about being an indie musician that you didn't know going in? And like what surprised you about like coaching? Okay. Um, surprised me about coaching is that um, I think I used to hear, and this was amazing to me, or I didn't get it for a long time, that your business will be the best personal development course you could take. And I always thought that I, I need to be an in integrity. I'm an artist. I, that sounds cheesy. And then I realized you can't, um, you can't be an in integrity about doing the things you purport to do for people unless in some ways you've done it for yourself or you know how to do it for yourself or you've done it for other people. And because at the beginning of coaching, it's very hard to start without having success. And then you realize I am shaping my own success. My life experience is my own success and calling myself to achieve even bigger things. All of that is going to help me create my program, my special path for how I help people achieve their biggest dreams. So I really realized that you be getting good at your online business helps you become a better coach. It really does because it makes you dream bigger, show up to scary stuff and get really disciplined about what works. You can't make a coaching business on stuff that doesn't work, on lies, on a weak foundation, on a, a pile of junk. It has to be really good or it's not going to work. And I think that that is awesome. And then for music, um, something that surprised me about the music industry is how tough it is for musicians or artists who want to be in integrity, like want to keep the art pure or whatever, how much they repel the idea of success. And I started in a very DIY community, like playing underground shows and loft parties and secret shows and stuff like that. And then when I achieved some success, because I was driven, um, and I have found my page at 2000, more than 2000 fans. And then when I would come back to that same community of DIY, I got some shit for it because mm -hmm. it was ambitious and it was mm -hmm. not cool. And that was, that was tough. Cause I felt like, no, but you're my people. Why are you mm -hmm. pushing me away? It stinks. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, and I still have love for it. And I'm not, it's just that um, I think some people, some people want to stay in um, an art place that doesn't necessarily do a value exchange or a certain type of growth that I'm interested in, and that's okay. But it was just hard for me to experience like feeling separated or pushed away from the group that I started with. That was kind that's of... I, yeah, I can totally relate because it's like, uh, yeah, I noticed that with you with comedy. It's just like when you start to become more ambitious, especially if you're a woman, they try to attack you and they're just like so triggered 
because they haven't figured out how to, you know, make money and, you know, be prosperous and do their art form. So thank you for bringing that up because I feel like it's something that spans across the arts. And I'm glad that you shared with us. Other people don't feel like, oh my God, I'm going crazy. No, you're not going crazy. It's a, it's a thing that happens when you do become more successful. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah so mm-hmm. I never think about that in comedy. One thing I, I want to say real quick that I love about comedy is how instant the um, feedback is. Yeah. It's one of true. the bravest, mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. on your toes forms of art ever. And it's been something that's come into my life more recently is some Mm-hmm. like an art that I appreciate. You get such instant connection with the audience. It's so authentic. It's so live. It's so real. It takes so much skill. And for that aspect of away success or thinking that people who pursue it are BS, I think that it's a shield because I think it takes more vulnerability to put yourself out there wanting your success or being driven. And it, it's more you can stay small and safe and protected from criticism if you say yes. you just want to stay in the basement. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Not easy to write that. Exactly. You're so right. Yeah. Because it's like, it's easier to say, I do it for the art, but actually it's a shield, like you said. Also, yeah. you're a coach. Of course you know this. I love it. Uh, so, um, okay. Let's switch to a little bit more lighthearted topics. Not, not to say this is not important. <laughs> You know, it's very important, you know, but it's just like, you know, we, we want to just hear all sides of who you are. Um, so who is the funniest person you think besides us, if it's even possible in the universe? Wait, wait, like the funniest person I've ever met? or yeah, like? Okay, we're obviously the funniest people in the universe, right? So who's the third funniest person, if it's even possible? Hmm, third funniest person. Oh my God. Okay. My friend, Leah Schomburg, who's not even listening to this at all. I met her. Um, when we worked, we both worked as waitresses at Corby Hall at Notre Dame when I was 16. And she is, um, she's black and she's Jewish. And we were working at this Catholic place and she was the funniest person I've ever met. And to this day, she shares the funniest memes and stuff of all time. And she has this one story of, she just like funny stuff happened to her. So one time she worked in this museum in this tiny desk in the middle of a giant room and this room was huge like a giant museum hall and it was freezing cold winter in indiana and she worked this little tiny desk in this cold room and she had a tiny space heater underneath her desk and she um had her feet up on the space heater kind of like wrapped around the space heater staying warm in this cold room and she was wearing these cheap shoes she just bought from like a convenience store or something like a cheap pair of flat sneakers and after a few hours of sitting there she got up and the shoe had melted and molded into the shape of the heater (laughs) she had to like like slip out of this pot fancy and like with weird like I don't know like lotus feet shaped oh shoes God. on her feet that is she's like okay I'm gonna tag her so that she's <laughs> forced to listen to this podcast it's too funny that's hilarious oh, um, yeah so okay who's your favorite comedian mm, oh wow okay my favorite comedian oh shoot I should have prepared who is my favorite comedian um hmm. or you can just say me I mean, you you're my favorite 
anyways, yeah, that's that's too much of an asshole. Even even and you talk about stuff that is sensational. It is rude. It is real. It is funny, and it's. I love that you're a yeah, visible woman about it. Yeah, we got to each other up, and you're yeah, real. Yeah, you know, like, when you're divorced, like you just don't care anymore. You know, it's like why should I be a nice person? You know, what what is what do I get you're out divorced? of divorced? Nothing. Yeah. Wow, I you're so I'm I'm 29. I'm almost 30. Uh, in one month, pretty much less. Yeah, a month and a half or so. Good so, for you. Um, yeah, because like divorced people are always happy. Like, okay, once they get through the initial sadness, right? They're just way happier people. Because like, all right, you know, I was naive enough to believe in love. Now I know what to marry for. What's important? Money, right? Money. So we're we're very like whatever people. So we're, especially divorced women, like, we, we just don't care anymore. So, thank you. Um, anyways, okay, back, back to, back to with the important stuff. I don't know why we transitioned. Um, so, okay. Sarcasm so is important. How, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, who do you think should hire a coach? Like, because I think a lot of people don't understand what a coach is, especially, like, maybe creative people. Like, why, what problems make them realize, oh, shit, I need, I need a guidance. I need a guide. Anybody who's got a big goal, a big dream that they haven't already done themselves and they want to see it happen within a year, hire a coach. A coach will help you figure out what's been holding you back, heal your past stuff, and get you on a realistic, immediate plan for taking action to achieve it. They drive you. They help you think bigger than you've been thinking, and they get you over your BS into real action it is, it is a life-changing thing. It's not for everybody. If you don't have a goal, if you don't need uh, whatever it is the coach provides, then you probably don't need one. If you just want to talk to someone about the past, that's a therapist. If you want to just coast on with what you're doing and just kind of climb the ladder at your work slowly, you don't need one. If you are someone stuck and you want to achieve something different, a coach is like a powerful way forward and up. Totally shakes up your worldview and they're private with you. The coolest part of a coach to me is you get someone on the phone or on a video and you're like, yo, this is my private dream or this is my private goal. And I can't believe I'm telling anyone saying this out loud, sharing these deepest things, but I want to do this. Please help me do this. I'm so stuck. And they're like, yo girl, I got you. We're going to do this. This is how it's so private and so personal and so no one else hears you like that. Everyone else has their agenda about you, whether it's like your, hu- your ex-husband, your boyfriend wants to keep you in how they know you. Your friends want to keep you how they know you. Your parents want you to be safe and not take a risk. Sometimes you need someone to connect with you and launch you and, and see you for who you're trying to become and help you get. Hello? You just cut off a little so bit. That's okay. Okay, you're back now. Okay, cool. Yeah, you just cut off for a little bit, but I, I heard. Awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, sweet. So now that we've pretty much fallen in love with you, how can we work with you? Uh, what's your website? Uh, and uh, how can we continue the conversation with you? Heck yeah. Okay, my website, um, I'm Emily Rose, the con- at The Confidence Girl on Facebook, at The Confidence Girl. And uh, my website is www.theconfidencegirl.com. And my band is Zigtebra, Z-I-G-T 
E-B-R-A. And we have a ton of fun music videos. So if you think coaching isn't for you, check out my awesome indie music and weird music videos. And if you desperately need to achieve a dream or get more confidence showing up with um, authenticity, doing your cool stuff, sharing it with the online world to get your creative entrepreneurial vision realized, hit me up on the coaching page or watch my free motivational videos on my at the confidence girl coaching page on Facebook. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, I learned so much about the music scene and, you know, just connecting with you on, you know, what a coach does. Really appreciate it. Um, Thank you so much on behalf of my audience as well. You've been great and uh, hope to see you on other future podcasts. Wish you much success. My favorite comedian. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye.